0: And welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at anyone interested in child health. Happy New Year. And today we're joined by Dr. Graeme Shortland and Asim Juvade and they are going to talk about metabolic illness and the sick child.
1: Hi there, my name's Asim. I'm one of the presenters for Dragonbite and I've been joined yet again by the absolutely fantastic Dr. Graham Shortland. Hello, Dr. Shortland. Good afternoon. Thank you very much, Asim. So you were kind enough um, a few weeks ago to do a podcast with us about uh, newborn screening. And you kindly agreed again to discuss further inherited metabolic conditions with us today. So I think the topic we decided for today would be about um, investigating uh, presentations of acute illness in, uh, in children.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I suppose it would be um, natural to start um, in a neonatal age group of, in, in which uh, a significant number of um, patients with inherited metabolic disease, (IND) uh, do present.
1: Yeah, so I, that sounds like a really good starting point, so should we kick off there? So how, how do um, children typically present, or neonates typically present with I,
2: I think I think like all parts of medicine, as, as well as the presentation, mm. it's really important to still think about a, um, a good history. Mm. So particularly in the neonatal um, period, I think there may be a family history of illness. It may be very simple, it may be that the family are presenting and that they've had another child with um, a similar disorder. And don't forget that although we talked about newborn screening previously, that a child with um, MCAD, medium chain acyl-CoA dehydrogenase deficiency, uh, a child with maple syrup urine disease or isothelaric acidemia, can present before the results of the screening test are available. And it would be important to ask about the family history because as we know, these conditions are autosomal recessive, so there's a one in four chance of presentation. Um, if there's no history previously of, of the condition, then um, uh, it is important to ask about consanguinity. Um, there is an increased risk of uh, an autosomal recessive condition, and all of us are walking around with between one to eight autos- autosomal recessive mutations, um, and we know that in a consanguinous population, there's probably a greater chance of um, uh, having an affected child. So I think that's a very relevant question. In the pregnancy, there might be some clues and certainly the presentation um, in the mother um, of HELP syndrome, hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes and low platelets. Um, um, We have seen a number of patients with the long chain um, fatty acid oxidation defects presenting um, after a mother has had HELP. Generally, we don't automatically screen every child um, who is born of a mother with help, because there are a large number of children who are completely normal. If, however, a child should present with being floppy or hyperglycemic or signs of a mother with help, then clearly we would suggest screening with urine organic acids acylcarnitines for a long-chain fatty acid oxidation defect. Um, maternal PKU, may uh, a child may present with, um, um, with seizures. Small head may present with a um, uh, Uh, cardiac problems. Um, We would hope that we know about all mothers with maternal PKU because we've been screening for that for some time. And I suppose the other thing is um, in terms of previous miscarriages, has the mother lost children um, or has there been a history um, in the family of perhaps babies dying with sepsis or mm-hmm. babies dying um, uh, with, or of an unknown cause. And clearly, that may have been an undiagnosed inherited metabolic disease. The, 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 the one that um, obviously springs to mind is the presence of um, E. coli sepsis uh, in a baby with galactosemia. Um, was it that the baby died of the E. coli sepsis before the galactosemia was actually diagnosed? Um, so be aware of the history of... of uh, not necessarily IND, but perhaps a history of sepsis in, in, in that family. So that uh, it is really important to actually um, look at the history.
1: It's interesting the number of things you've raised there which could actually have an influence on inherited metabolic disorders just from the history alone. But you've also mentioned a few things that we might be able to pick up from clinical examination. Yeah,
2: um, Yes, y- y- you're right. And then, um, First of all, um, the presentation of IND um, is going to be Sometimes, in a lot of cases, non-specific, um, and the child may be unwell. They may be lethargic, um, feeding problems with some vomiting, um, abnormal breathing, perhaps suggesting a metabolic acidosis, um, hypertonia, uh, and, and possibly um, seizures. Characteristically, if you've got an inter- intermediary metabolism problem of glucose, protein, or fat metabolism you usually see an asymptomatic um, interval in the child. So the, the the placenta, if you like, the placenta has been doing the job of filtering um, abnormal metabolites and the baby may initially present, present um, in the first 24 hours as being well. And it is only when there is an introduction um, of feeds, an introduction of, um, um, of or, 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 or perhaps a, a period of starvation when they are being clinically stressed, metabolically stressed, that that then unmasks the um, uh, Mm -hmm. metabolic condition. As you say, there are some specifics and I think one would look for, certainly, um, galactosemia, one would look for evidence of liver disease that may be apparent, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, a metabolic acidosis Mm -hmm. on a routine um, uh, blood gas, Um, a hypertonic infant, particularly, or the presence of seizures. So as well as the non-specific presentation, um, there is, um, clearly a few things that might point you towards it. It's really important to emphasize again, as I'm, I'm sure all the trainees and those listening to this would recognize, you have to work alongside making sure that you have um, ruled out sepsis, that you have ruled out a number of different causes um, whilst you are considering IND. I suppose the other thing is, is the neonate who, is, who has a period of being well, um, you introduce the feeds, um, becomes unwell, you stop the feeds for the septic screen, child gets better and you say oh great um uh, that's fine and then when you introduce the feeds again the child gets worse so it is again looking for a pattern um Mm. in in um in the neonate
1: oh that's really interesting yeah the the non-specific the non-specificity of it all can be really difficult particularly in the neonatal period can't it are there any differences then between how neonates present compared to say older children
2: um again that older children can be um difficult i mean look at the same factors in the history look at the fact is there a family history because don't forget some of these children may go home and then present back to the pediatric intensive care unit um look at um Uh, neurological signs which can be focal or which can be general you might um, if they're coming back later or or, um, later on in the illness they might be presenting specifically with again liver dysfunction the other one is um, a group of infants with cardiomyopathy um, who may present um, with initially um, heart failure or defined um, cardiomyopathy which has an underlying um, uh, metabolic cause so there might be some more specific um, Features to, to to systems, particularly such as the liver, the heart, um, and, and perhaps in catalopathy. Um, the child that um, um, is um, repeatedly admitted. So you might see a child with diarrhea and vomiting uh, um, who gets admitted, who gets better and gets well, and goes home, and then gets readmitted three or four weeks later. Um, so it's actually just again thinking why is this child? having a number of, of um, admissions, and should we look further in terms of that pattern of illness for an underlying IMD? Okay,
1: that's really interesting. And yet again, it brings up the questions about you know, the difficulty in picking these kids up, the fact that we actually sometimes have to wait for several presentations before we might even consider IMD. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think that's right. I mean, I think it's about having a level of suspicion mm. and I think it's about looking for other factors as we've highlighted in the history, having a high level of suspicion um, and, and actually deciding that this child is slightly different. This is the third time that it's been in presenting like this. Mm. There was a family history of an early loss and, and we never found the cause for it. So again, it, it's it's it is in fact you know it's what good clinical medicine is about it's Mm. about being astute and paying attention to all aspects of the history physical examination and the nature of that presentation
1: Mm. i suppose that the natural question this then leads on to so we our our suspicions have been raised with a new presentation how do we go about investigating the child
2: well I, i think that the the um the investigation if we talk about Talk about generally first then there are a few specifics that I would like to, to, to go into but sure. I think um, clearly um, the, the standard investigations are really important and um, um, and I would include um, dipsticking the urine because I think the presence of, for example, in a neonate, of significant ketonuria with a metabolic acidosis might suggest a, um, a, a, an organic acidemia. Um, so it is important to do the routine tests. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also an important one, perhaps, when a child presents with a metabolic acidosis is, is remember the anion gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't ask you to tell me what the anion gap is, but, <laughs> I but, you, remember involved but sodium tell you that it's the sodium and the potassium <laughs> and minus the chloride and the bicarb. Yes. So if you've got an anion gap that is certainly um, presenting And people vary as to what they think is significant. But if you're um, um, above 20, 25, then I think that is significant. That might suggest, again, something like an organic acidemia um, presenting like that way. You're in routine, um, you're in electrolytes. Don't forget the nice one for picking up a urea cycle defect, really sick neonate, in high creatinine, and the urea is virtually um, zero, mm-hmm. um, might suggest to you a urea cycle defect, and just spotting that one thing is important. Um, random glucose, um, uh, creatinine kinase to suggest muscle involvement. Your liver enzymes, ALT, AST, creatinine, obviously, uric acids, um, uh, perhaps for uh, uric acid for storage disease, metabolic alkalosis may be a clue to uh, a raised ammonia, mm-hmm. so look for, for an alkalosis. Coagulation is important in terms of liver disease and underlying metabolic disorders. Um, and I suppose we, we, we've talked about urine for ketones. Um, it, um, these days, we've got lots of biochemistry, but there might be an odour um, mm-hmm. and uh I have seen maple syrup urine disease um, many, many years ago picked up from the odor from the urine, so but, but don't forget it, but let's not depend upon odors for diagnosis these days. Sure. So that's the initial sort of range of, of investigations. Um, and then I think there's the, 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 the more specialist investigations. But I suppose that what we're talking about is is identifying the potential presentation of a meta of an IMD. Of an doing the initial investigations um, and then thinking about what are the initial um, treatment uh, options that we should be doing. Mm. Um, I think the key thing is if you're thinking IND and the child is unwell, then it is important to stop the protein Mm. um, and um, also stop um, uh, galactose, if you think it could be galactosemia, fructose, so the general rule would be in a sick child who you think might have an underlying IMD is to start 10% glucose plus appropriate electrolytes Mm -hmm. Um, and that would um, involve getting the glucose at an appropriate rate and I think we should all think about glucose being a prescribed medicine and we would be thinking certainly around six to eight milligrams per kilo per minute in the neonate, and probably about six milligrams per kilo per minute of glucose in the older child whilst you're awaiting those uh, initial results and thinking about whether this is an inherited metabolic disease. Um, It is important then also to contact your specialist centre um, and I would then make sure that you move on to do the more um, specific investigations which would include um, an ammonia, a lactate, plasma amino acids, plasma acyl carnitine, which should also be done on the dried blood spot card, Mm -hmm. previously known as the Guthrie card, but to take some acyl carnitines. Absolutely key is to take um, an EDTA sample for DNA, to bank some DNA if you think strongly that this is a metabolic disorder. Um, And those would be the um, initial things from from the blood. And then the other thing is to think of the uh, urine organic acids um, and um, if the child is sick, then it's perfectly acceptable to either just do a quick in and out catheter to get the urine or you know if they've got a catheter in place to actually get the urine. So those would be the next um, range of tests um, to do, which means you're really then starting to get into certainly contacting your local uh, uh, biochemical laboratory and also looking to seek advice from a specialist centre. Just the, 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 yeah. one, the one thing I will add, um, mm. is that um, as, we talk to the, uh, as I'm talking to trainees now who are going to be in practice for many years to come, um, certainly coming down the line um, and not that far off, possibly um, in April of um, next year, is the consideration of whole genome sequencing mm. for the sick neonate and the sick um, child in the paediatric intensive care unit. Now, a lot of those might be inherited metabolic disease. Um, That will be absolutely fantastic in terms of looking at early diagnosis. However, it will be important to recognize that you still need to do the basic biochemistry. For example, what you're suggesting is, Is around you would still do the ammonia for instance, Mm. whilst you're waiting for the whole genome sequencing, which may take up to eight days. But that is coming down the line, yeah. And I'm sure trainees will be experiencing that over the next few years as that expands. Wow, Um, which is quite. Exciting and interesting. I had uh, no
1: idea that was even in, uh, on the horizon.
2: Yeah, yeah. It is likely there'll be a pilot in England. And it may be provided as a clinical service in Wales early next year, but we will see. So look out for that.
1: Right. Okay. So that's, you've named a whole a whole host of specific tests for me to do there. It'd be really good, uh, to I think, to perhaps talk in a bit more detail about them if we, if that's yeah, okay yeah. with you. Oh, so,
2: um, hypochromemia. Yeah. So I think anemia is important. Hypochromemia is. Um, a, can can be treated and we can significantly reduce morbidity and mortality um, if we recognise hyperammonemia early and institute urgent treatment. Um, Clearly in the neonate, I think one would say that ammonia's um, up to 100 micromoles per litre Probably within the normal range, and if you have an underlying metabolic condition, it's likely um, that that will be over 200 micromoles per litre. You can see ammonia is raised up to 180 micromoles per litre in the sick neonate, um, and one has to um, um, recognize that. I think after the neonatal period, certainly, um, I think greater than 100 micromoles per liter is abnormal enough to suggest further investigation for um, an underlying um, inherited metabolic disease ammonias normally would run less than 50 certainly between 50 and 80 micromoles per litre you might see a metabolic alkalosis and i think that that's important in terms of an early recognition of the ammonia and don't forget the practicalities of collecting the ammonia sample it should be um, a rapid venous sample which is then put onto ice you should ring the laboratory before to warn them that the sample is coming so that they can make sure that their apparatus for measuring ammonia is up and running and please make sure that the sample is taken rapidly to the laboratory. Um, And a a sample for ammonia that is left and takes a long while to get to the laboratory could be artificially raised. Mm. And I think it's really important that we look at that. If... Hyperanemia is recognised and there are um, good guidelines on the BIMDG website and I would um, emphasise in any emergency situation the BIMDG emergency guidelines which you can just simply Google and then you can go on and get further advice are, are very helpful in terms of the immediate management with raised ammonia, I do feel you need specialist advice because that may include the use of nitrogen sca- scavengers urgently such as sodium phenylbutyrate, sodium benzoate and also the possible use of another um, uh, medication in the form of carbamyl glutamate. Um, also, should the ammonia be significantly raised then one would be wishing to look to transfer the child to a specialist centre where haemofiltration can be performed whilst awaiting the um, outcome of investigations. So I do think hyperammonemia is important to recognise as we can reduce significant morbidity and mortality. There may be a such time if the ammonia is raised for a long time that in discussion with the specialist centre um, that that may result in consideration of palliative treatment but once again that is a decision uh, taken jointly with a specialist centre. Hyperglycemia is important and I think the key thing about hyperglycemia for any um, uh, clinicians such as myself looking after patients with inherited metabolic disease is really to try and make sure that the um, laboratory glucose is collected at the time of the presentation of the child. Sometimes we know that um, and very effectively our paramedic colleagues will have performed a blood sugar and actually instituted treatment with glucose supplements. Um, uh, certainly below two point seven moles per litre in the child and Probably below 3 millimoles per liter, we would consider further investigation. It is You can take urine samples for urine organic acids, um, even following the use of um, glucose, um, and it clearly, if there is time and I understand in most um, uh, A&E departments now we have a hyperglycemia box where there should be a set protocol for rapidly taking bloods with the available bottles um, as this is a complex business and we wish to get on and treat the child for the hyperglycemia. Um, That would include looking for underlying endocrine causes which would obviously require the measurement of cortisol um, also with insulin and C-peptide and from a metabolic point of view, as I said, urine organic acids can be collected in the next urine sample. We would also wish to look at the plasma um, acylcarnitines acutely, the plasma uh, amino acids and also um, the uh, ammonia. That would also obviously include other routine um, uh, investigations treatment with um, bolus followed up by infusion of glucose would be important. I think it's important to differentiate between um, the the presentation of hyperinsulinism and possibly underlying metabolic disorders in the neonatal period. Certainly with hyperinsulinism, one will be seeing very high um, uh, glucose infusions um, um, above the normal six to eight milligrams per kilo per minute that we see with the neonate and and, and the neonate requiring that, that amount of um, glucose. That in itself requires special management with good venous access to ensure that the glucose supply is not interrupted whilst you complete your investigations um, supported, and perhaps in that occasion by the endocrine um, uh, specialist service in the consideration of further um, uh, treatment i think others to mention and um, one uh, could go into great detail but clearly um, lactic acidosis is important and um, presentation of an underlying mitochondrial disease of birth um, c- can uh, can appear i think generally with mitochondrial disease what we would see is a number of systems involved, and those will be um, the high-energy systems, um, which would obviously be presentation perhaps with cardiomyopathy, presentation with seizures um, and and a floppy infant, also perhaps with um, uh, uh, hepatic and uh, uh, renal um, problems. Important perhaps for the muscle disease to look at the CK in that presentation Um, and obviously it would be important to look at the acid base balance and look at ways of correcting that. Again, the presentation uh, of these disorders does require discussion with um, uh, either a metabolic specialist and and obviously sometimes that will require the services of paediatric neurology where there is a presentation, a cerebral presentation of the mitochondrial disorder. Other specific situations, I think metabolic acidosis with ketosis can suggest an organic acidemia um, and uh, investigation for that. Interesting one I think that perhaps we see and you do see not infrequently in the neonatal unit is the presentation of high drops vitalis. Um, if they ha- do not have an underlying haematological problem or no obvious cause for the high drops, and it can be quite mild sometimes or quite severe, then lysosomal storage disorders and at some other metabolic disorders are likely to or can present with hydrops fetalis, um, and perhaps it might arise in a situation where there's been a previous child that might have sadly um, uh, died from hydrops, and you see a further family presentation. So, if hydrops fetalis does, ha- uh, in rare on rare occasions, having have an underlying um, metabolic cause, that perhaps leads in then to the important consideration of investigation of neonates or investigation of children who present acutely um, without a diagnosis but in whom you think um, may have a metabolic disorder and, um, and unfortunately um, do not make it in terms of the initial um, uh, presentation and uh, sadly may pass away with the severe, um, severe disease the important thing there is to make sure that we do collect the samples that enable us to make a diagnosis so we can give um, information to the family and also offer um, appropriate genetic counselling for fur- further pregnancies. Don't forget that most of the inherited metabolic disease is um, autosomal recessive. So that family may run a risk, of one in four risk, of having a future affected child. Um, it's important to collect urine for the urine organic acids and if a catheter specimen is needed, then a catheter specimen should be taken. We've highlighted already about investigation and the key ones for me in this circumstance would be car- plasma acylcarnitines Collected also onto a blood spot card or what may be known as a Guthrie card. Um, I think also you can analyze DNA um, samples from a Guthrie card, but I would suggest um, that um, uh, other samples are taken for that, and I'll mention that in a minute. I think plasma amino acids would be important um, and the routine um, biochemistry in terms of the anion gap. Measuring obviously the ammonia and uh, the liver function, renal function, um, and um, uh, and a CK would be important. Um, taking um, blood for um, DNA storage is very important, and that once again we can sometimes get that from the blood card, um, the Guthrie card, neonatal blood spot card. Um, and also collect um, blood, um, uh, five mils of EDTA, which can just be stored by the uh, genetic service for future analysis um a skin biopsy can be very useful and you don't need to have the um actual genetic um um storage material for the skin biopsy there are specific medium mediums that um can be used to store skin but in the absence of that it is um it will be very satisfactory to collect a small piece of skin a small ellipse under sterile conditions and that's the key thing under sterile conditions and put that ellipse into sterile normal saline and store it in the fridge not in the freezer but store it in the fridge and make sure it is forwarded rapidly to your genetics laboratory where you would stand every chance of then getting a good skin fibroblast culture from which one could then do further um, genetic studies, and one could also consider further um, studies for enzymology. So I think that's um, those are a number of highlights which I'm giving you mm. from my career, which I think would be useful to trainees. Once again, emphasise that um, there is advice out there. The British Inherited Metabolic Disease Guidelines do provide um, um, you with very clear advice around emergency situations whilst awaiting um, further advice perhaps from uh, a senior consultant colleague um, uh, or from uh, the specialist center
1: yeah, so I think the key messages for me that i've taken away from our teaching today is first any any suspicion, just do a gas because acidosis and alkalosis seem to be key findings with these infants and um if in doubt look up the guidelines if you if the parents don't have anything with them or you can't get a hold of anyone immediately there are readily available guidelines on the internet i think i
2: think i think that's right and i think what 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 we're both saying is that um clearly in the sick neonate or the sick child there are many other causes for that mm. child being unwell however um we can significantly reduce morbidity and mortality if we think of an inherited metabolic disease and we and we think of the additional things that we've mentioned—the mm. family history, the possibility of family history, the uh, uh, liver disease with an encephalopathy, um, Just thinking beyond um, the um, the usual things that we would start to think of clearly, which were which in the main con- uh, um, involve the treatment of sepsis mm. um, and um, uh, and some other um, more common problems in inherited metabolic disease. But the plea is really to consider inherited metabolic disease because if you don't think of it, if you don't measure the ammonia, then um, we will not be making these diagnoses earlier and preventing um, uh, and preventing handicap, which we potentially can do. And in my final point, I think it really is about if the child's not going to um, survive, sadly, then it is about trying to make the diagnosis for the family.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Dr. Shorten.
0: Thank you so much for such an informative podcast, Asim and Dr. Graham Shortland. So just to go over what was talked about, they talked about the importance of taking a history, checking the family history, consanguinity, a history of help syndrome and previous miscarriages, a history of neonatal sepsis related death or a death of another unknown cause. And in the examination non-specific findings such as lethargic or poor feeding and an asymptomatic interval period which changes on feed introduction evidence of liver disease hypotonia and seizures and in the sick child check the family history look for non-specific signs liver dysfunction cardiomyopathy encephalopathy, and repeated admissions with innocent-sounding presentations. So in initial investigations, urine dipstick, blood gas, and check for the anion gap, the urines, glucose, creatinine kinase, liver function test, uric acid, coagulation, and look at the urine odour or smell the urine odour. And then specific investigations, so ammonia, lactate, plasma, acetylcarnitines, plasma amino acids, and then banker sample for DNA, urine organic acids, and soon to come, the whole genome sequencing. They also talked about having a high ammonia, having hypoglycemia or hyperinsulinemia, the features of mitochondrial disease metabolic acidosis with ketosis and then the presentation of fetal hydrops in the neonate and investigating the child who dies with the suspected inherited metabolic disease and the importance of taking samples in that situation. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us and thank you for listening to Dragon Bites.